car accidents, slip and fall injuries, medical malpractice, dog bites. These are just some of the ways people get injured and need to know what their legal rights are when it comes to recovering losses for their injury. My guest here today is Robert Greening. He is the founder of Greening Law. He's board certified in personal injury trial law and has been practicing personal injury for more than 30 years. He's frequently recognized by his peers for the work that he does in helping people find peace and reclaim uh, their own dignity and justice after suffering an injury. Robert, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Jennifer. As we sort of begin this conversation, I, I want to talk about what falls within the realm of personal injuries. Well, really, you already said it. I mean, all those kinds of uh, horrible things that happen to people can sometimes cause people to be hurt. And, you know, people hear the word personal injury. It's not the way people talk, uh, really, but that's the type of law that this is. It's personal injury trial law. And... Uh, really any kind of accident or negligent behavior on the part of someone else that causes someone to be hurt is a personal injury or a potential personal injury claim. It's good to know. I think, you know, when, I, when I'm driving around the city and I think of personal injury, I think of the big billboards and the, the you know, the big yeah. signs all over town. And so it's sort of good to drill down and kind of get a better understanding. Yeah. I mean, it isn't always just a big trucking accident or a big car accident, it can mm -hmm. be, can, things can happen more in the day-to-day -day of life. Right, and also, you know, people don't think about medical malpractice or nursing malpractice or pharmacy malpractice cases as being personal injury cases, but that those types of uh, cases are a subset of personal injury. And <clears throat> yeah, there's just all kinds of ways that people, crazy things that happen to people that cause injuries. And if you can tie the event to some sort of negligent behavior uh, that caused the injury, that's where a, an attorney comes in like me that can help build the evidence and prove that case up. So, you know, one thing I would say is that um, people, people just, to me, it's one of the most interesting parts of uh, what we do because it it's, deals with people and interesting things that happen to them and really, sometimes horrible things that happen to them, but we just try to make it, we try to make it better for them. So um, when, if someone has been injured, I mean, of course there are different types of injuries, right? I can yeah. have an injury from a sprained ankle to all the way to the death of a loved one. Um, when should they reach out and contact uh, an attorney? Well, you know, it sort of depends on the kind of case it is. Uh, you know, we do, a number of car accident cases. And in those kind of cases, I always tell people, <clears throat> it's really important from the minute that you have a bad car accident, even if in the moment you don't feel like you got hurt, uh, because sometimes adrenaline kicks in and that's God's way of like protecting us from immediate trauma. Uh, sometimes you know you're hurt, <laughs> right? Sometimes it, it's a horrible situation and there's a lot of people hurt in your car or what have you. But regardless of how severe uh, the accident is, pictures need to be taken at the scene of the accident. Now everyone has you know, a camera basically in their pocket. So right. take pictures immediately of the scene, try to get uh, video of the scene if you can, uh, you know, of everything going on at the scene. 
because that is eyewitness information. Now, your question was, when should somebody contact an attorney? Well, in a, in a motor vehicle accident, it should be relatively immediately, uh, if possible. Now, if you're in the hospital or something like that and you can't, then that's, that's okay. But really as immediately as you can, because what's gonna happen is the an insurance company for the, the person at fault is gonna start reaching out to you and really trying to put pressure on you and you really need to know what your rights are. So in that kind of case, I would say pretty immediately. If it's a medical case or a nursing malpractice case or something like that, um, sometimes you don't really realize what's going on in your hospital stay. Uh, you know, you just, you're just trying to get well and get better, but maybe you don't realize that something happened until after you're already home. People, it's just varies from time to time what the different facts of a medical malpractice case when you realize you got malpracticed on. Um, I would say any kind of case you have though, same as a divorce case, I mean, any kind of legal matter that you have, the sooner you can uh, get with an attorney, the better, because in, in my kind of cases and in personal injury cases, there are statutes of limitations mm. and uh, you know, they can creep up on you pretty quickly, so. Exactly, yeah. and I, you know, I always think, and I know this is the case within family law and divorce cases, is people are often kind of afraid to reach out and mm -hmm. to talk with an attorney. Um, you know, people hear a lot of stories about exorbitant fees just in, for lawyers in mm -hmm. general. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so I know personal injury is a little bit different. Why don't, tell us what somebody should expect from a personal injury attorney when they are, um, when they're looking for an attorney in, you know, when they're reaching out. Yeah. So what we do at our firm is we try to, we try to make the whole sort of process easy, as easy as possible, because we know that when people call us, it's because something bad's happened, right? So it's, it's a loss of a loved one, or it's somebody that's really badly injured and they're in the hospital because of a bad wreck, uh, or, they're back in the hospital again because they got malpracticed on by a doctor or a nurse or something like that. So they're hurting in some kind of way, whether it be physical uh, or a mental type of hurting because they've lost, let's say the breadwinner in their family due to an accident or something. So so we are very you know, aware of, of that. And we know that the people that call us are in a lot of stress. So really our mission statement at our firm is that we we always tell our clients we got this for you we we will fight your legal battle so you just have time for healing and renewal and that's really we go to work every day with that sort of mindset and everybody at our office from the from the very first person that somebody calls uh, when they're trying to see if they want to hire us or not that person has the mindset of that all the way through uh, the whole intake process, we are very aware that people are in crisis and we do what we can to help alleviate that crisis immediately and try to restore their confidence that we are gonna take care of this so that they can just focus on their family or focus on themselves and get better. Um, 
So, so I, I want to. I answered the question. Well, but... I'm going to come back to sort of the follow up because I think that's really good to know. Is that really when you're looking for a personal injury attorney, you yeah. should look for a place that's going to have resources to really support you through mm -hmm. your recovery. Mm -hmm. um, how how do fees get paid? Because I think you know if may, maybe somebody has hired an attorney before for their divorce and they're yeah. um, they're afraid they're going to be exorbitant fees. If somebody's been injured in personal injury, what how is that structured differently? So we uh, don't charge by the hour. Hour because you know many of our clients uh, would not have the where, the means to to be able to pay by the hour. Uh, many of our clients are out of work because of an injury that has happened, and certainly they wouldn't be able to pay by the hour. Um, and so, the, so luckily uh, here in Texas, we have the ability to uh, do our work on a contingency fee basis. And when I say here in Texas. There's some states that don't allow uh, attorney contingency fee contracts. There's a movement in the state of Texas to do away with attorney contingency fee contracts, which would really be a really horrible thing for the consumers of Texas because they could then get taken advantage of by big corporations, negligence, or other more powerful people that could do harm to them and be unable to seek justice for that. So it's really a bad deal if they, if our legislature tries to do away with contingency fee contracts. So let me tell you what a contingency fee contract is. It's, it's basically that our firm, when you sign a contract with our firm, we take all the risk in terms of bringing the claim. And at the end of the claim, we would take a percentage of, uh, of the claim, uh, the recovery, I should say, as an attorney's fee. So uh, it depends on the kind of case it is, what the percentage is. Uh, it starts at a lower percentage uh, uh, if we don't have to file a lawsuit and we get the case settled without filing a lawsuit. And then it goes up if we uh, have to, to uh, file a lawsuit. Because of um, course, if you're filing a lawsuit, then you're fronting all the fees uh, in yes. front. So it's not only filing fees, but it's, it's, it's experts. It's all the, right. the so work you have to do. In the, in the, um, in the medical malpractice cases, the, the expenses can be quite high and we fund all of those. In a catastrophic uh, motor vehicle accident as well, the fees can be quite high because you have to have expert witnesses for those. But we front all of that. And then let's say we go all the way to trial on a case and we lose for some reason. The jury just doesn't see it our way. The, the client doesn't owe us anything. So that's what I mean by we take all the risk. Right, um, right. The only time the client owes us something is if we uh, recover for them in some sort of way, whether it be settlement or at trial. And then we take our fee and our expenses out of that recovery. So, um, it, yeah, it, it's, it's it, great. It's it, a great way. It really way. opens up uh, access to, to lawyers. Right. Now, I will say, if, if you're considering a divorce, divorce attorneys cannot take fees on contingency. <laughs> so that's something that is you right. know, that we're asked about, but it, it doesn't quite work that right, way. Right, so, right. Um, but it makes total sense in the context of personal injury just to be able to give access um, yeah, to and, people. And, you know, sometimes people ask us, well, I mean, if you take a percentage of my claim, then am I not going to be fully compensated? And I mean, you are fully compensated. There's, there's, there's more types of uh, damages that we can seek than just your out-of-pocket expenses. So 
I don't know if we were planning on talking about that or not, but I just want to kind of tell everyone here, you know, what the basic uh, damage model is on a personal injury case of any kind, whether it's medical I malpractice. I think that'd be great. So yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah. So whether it's medical malpractice or a personal injury, general personal injury case, like you got bit by a dog that shouldn't have been off its leash and it was a vicious breed and you got a facial uh, scar or something like that, or whether it's a slip and fall or a car wreck. Um, it's all the same in terms of the damages that are the rights to recovery that people have. So it's it's your medical expenses uh, in the past and in the future that have been paid or incurred by the by the, the client. It's, uh, it's also loss of earning capacity in the past and in the future. And then there's non-economic, what they call non-economic damages, which are um, uh, physical impairment physical uh, disfigurement and uh, pain and mental anguish. Those are the main uh, the main injury uh, claims that can be made in a personal injury case. So it isn't just the amount you're gonna spend on medical bills, but it's right. actually compensating you for the loss. That's and, right. And I will say for people who are married, I mean, it's really important to pay attention to the type of uh, recovery you're getting for the different mm -hmm. damages, mm -hmm. because um, your spouse may have a claim to some of those, like, you know, lost wages, yeah. but not necessarily right, uh, right. for for the, the personal injury part right. of it. And there can be, you know, then the other part of it is, wrongful death. So if there's a wrongful death claim, then the, the claimants in a wrongful death action are um, the deceased's uh, spouse, the deceased children, and the deceased's parents. So mm -hmm. that's where, uh, you know, it could overlap into like a divorce situation, like whose who's claim is whose and that kind of thing. So. Right. I don't know because I'm not a divorce lawyer, <laughs> but I would assume that your wrongful death claim uh, of a spouse for the loss of their spouse and another spouse is gone. So there's no divorce situation <laughs> anymore, but I would think that's a separate property claim. It could come into play like if somebody's got a wrongful death claim right. and they get remarried during the pendency of the wrongful death claim and then they already get divorced before the claim's over. Is that a community property claim or not? I don't have any idea, but I would venture to <laughs> These guess. These are good, good, good times, good questions when you definitely need to be seeking legal advice. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and we do talk about this. I mean, there are certainly times when, um, as a family lawyer, you know, I have to mm -hmm. consult with a personal injury attorney when we have yeah. things like sexually transmitted diseases are discovered um, or other torts um, have yeah. happened during the marriage. Right, right. Um, and, and you've worked on some of those cases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what, you know, for somebody who is, you know, considering should I reach out to an, an attorney or not? Um, what types of cases does your firm specialize in? I mean, is is it typical that personal injury attorneys handle all kinds of personal injuries or yeah. do you really kind of specialize in a certain kind? I mean, some attorneys, you know, specialize in one particular type of uh, injury cases. We, we have sort of two sections in our firm where we, we have one that I call the personal injury section, which is sort of everything that's not medical malpractice, right? So it's, uh, you know, motor vehicle accidents, uh, premises liability cases. And within that, that's a fancy way to say something bad that happens on the premises of somewhere like a slip and fall accident or a dog bite incident, or, you know, uh, un just unsafe, an unsafe workplace could even be a premises liability 
uh, action that we could handle if the employer doesn't have workers' compensation insurance. If the employer has workers' compensation insurance, then the workers' comp law comes in and that's the sole remedy against the employer. But there could be third parties out there in the premises that have responsibility. And so, you know, we would look at those. So that's that section of the firm. And then the other section of the firm is uh, specializing in medical cases. So against cases against hospitals for nursing negligence, uh, cases against uh, doctors for doctor errors. Um, we have a, a real interest in inpatient suicide cases at psychiatric facilities. Uh, sexual assault at psychiatric facilities have a real keen interest in the bad stuff that happens at these psychiatric facilities that is just wrong and shouldn't happen. And, and we have a quite a number of those cases uh, that are very rewarding. Um, and so that's the two areas that, that are sections of our firm. The only thing we don't do is products liability work. We, we, we The only time we do products liability work is if it's a medical device in conjunction with a medical malpractice case. Okay, very interesting. What, what got you interested in personal injury? So way back in law school, 100 million years ago, I, uh, I had to take a class uh, called corporations, which is called something different, I think, at every law school. But it's sort of like you learn about um, how corporations are set up and, and how to set up a corporation, <clears throat> you know, because lawyers, that's what lawyers do all that. And so, you, you know, I took it. I took the class and um, I didn't really know that much about it, but I thought, well, I'll take it. And we had to do a project uh, in the class where we had to do a case study on the way a corporation handled a crisis. And we could choose anything we wanted to. And um, <clears throat> I chose the, uh, and, and most of the younger people listening, and even you may not remember this, <laughs> Jennifer, because you're a little younger than me, uh, there was the Bhopal disaster in India and it was Union Carbide uh, was a big fertilizer company, a chemical company, and they had a plant in this really poor part of, uh, of India and they employed all the people in the village there and they had very unsafe uh, work practices there, unsafe everything. Uh, and they took advantage of these uh, poor people that lived in India to produce their fertilizer to be sold back here in the United States and all over the world. And uh, anyhow, they had a bad explosion there at the plant. And uh, the lawyers in that case, uh, the people hired U.S. attorneys to come over and the Indian law, life is, at least at that time, life was cheap in India and they had really bad tort system where a wrongful death claim just wasn't worth very much, no matter how bad the negligence was. And so the U.S. lawyers came in and said, oh, no, 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 we're going to use U.S. law in India because Union Carbide's a U.S. corporation, and they successfully were able to hold Union Carbide uh, to the standard of care, if you will, uh, of a U.S. corporation and really put their feet to the fire uh, for exploiting these poor people in India. Uh, and, and having them in a very bad, unsafe environment. And really they got the court, through the court system, they got them compensated fairly for that. And in the same way that they also, because money talks to corporations, that's the only thing that talks to corporations, they got Union Carbide to clean up their act and stop 
exploiting people. So I thought, wow, that is cool. How powerful uh, the, the civil justice system can be uh, and really make a difference in people's lives. And as a lawyer, you can be a part of that. And so long answer to your question, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's what turned me on to doing this kind of work. And so when you're bringing um, a lawsuit against a hospital, I mean, of course, you're you're looking to get compensation for your client and for everything they've done. But I imagine one of the things that's rewarding is seeing sort of the change in how the hospital's delivering care so it doesn't happen right. again. That's exactly right. Uh, and many times or oftentimes in our settlements, we insist as part of the settlement, they have to clean up their act. They have to get a new policy for this. Uh, or many times because of just simply because of the lawsuit that we filed, we learned during the discovery process, they've already started cleaning up yeah. the situation because they don't want to get sued again. So the last question I want to ask you is we kind of wrap this up, but who in a personal injury suit, who are you suing? Are you are you suing the property owner? Um, are you suing insurance, the doctors, the insurance companies? Who, who's your defendant? So the defendant is the actual, what they, in law school, you know, we say tortfeasor, but mm -hmm. what that fancy way to say, the defendant, the person that gets sued is the person that was the wrongdoer, right? Now, most of the time, the wrongdoer, whether it be in a car wreck, uh, a doctor, uh, a hospital, the nursing care, you know, uh, most of the time that person is insured and so the insurance company comes in and provides them a defense. Right. And they don't have to pay for their defense. Excuse me, the insurance company does that. Um, and if a settlement is made or if a judgment is rendered against them and, and is paid, it's paid by the in, by their insurance company. So I know I've heard like in, you know, smaller cases maybe where there's been a slip and fall on somebody's sidewalk or something. and you know, the homeowner gets sued, but it can feel very personal when you're the homeowner being sued by your neighbor. Mm -hmm. um, and what, I mean, how do, what do you tell people in situations like well, that? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> it can be personal. And I mean, I, we, we've had people call us before and they, you know, they feel funny about, um, oh, I, you know, I can't, I can't sue this hospital that's a powerful hospital, you know, or, or something like that. Um, or, you know, oh, my name will be out there and, and all that and you know what i tell them is it's ultimately their decision right but but you know do you really want to let them get away with it <laughs> you know kind of thing i mean uh, especially you know people are hurt really bad i just don't understand why they have a hesitation to make a claim to get compensation uh for something let us look into it at least yeah you know a lot of times people call us and we say we have to say no we can just tell that we can't help them especially in a medical case but many times we have to it's you know we listen to their story and we think you know we're not physicians we're not healthcare providers but we've done this long enough to know this just doesn't pass the smell test you know this doesn't seem right so let us get the records and let's let's evaluate what happened because most of the time people that something bad happens to in a hospital, uh, they're not told the truth. Yeah. And so they need to at least see what the truth is. And medical records, there's so much redundancy in medical records that they don't lie. 
and we need to get those records and really find out what happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Robert, I want to thank you um, to your commitment for your commitment to justice, oh, of course, you. and uh, making sure that the wrongs are righted, and um, for taking time to visit with us today about personal injury. Yeah, and we will we'll include a link to Robert's uh, website down below so you can learn more about his firm and the work they do in our community of um, just making sure that uh, justice is served.